Hey, good morning, Ascent. My name is Aisha, and we are so glad that you are joining us today. Church is wherever you are, and before we sing some songs in worship, before we hear the word, I want to take a moment to pray and intentionally invite the Holy Spirit in. So would you pray with me? God, I thank you that you are such a good father. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, our teacher, our helper, our advocate. And we just invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in this service, to have your way in our hearts, to have your way in our homes. And we pray that we are open and attentive to receive all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love I uh, took a little hike, got up here in a secluded spot uh, with my friends Lizzie and Tyler on the cameras and just getting a chance to uh, share with you. I, I want to take a few minutes um, just to give you some thoughts about what I've been thinking about, uh, about our church, about me, about life. I mean, this whole time obviously has been a time to reflect, if nothing else. Uh, so one of the biggest questions we've been getting right now is, so what's this like being a pastor? You guys can't meet on Sundays, it's like vacation times, like totally um, reasonable, normal question. The answer is no, uh, we're definitely not on vacation. Uh, the church is definitely not closed. Um, guys, it has been, um, it's actually been tough. It's been a rough time in some ways. We're wired relationally and uh, we love to be around people. And so this has been a hard, uh, season for us for sure and it has been an amazing blessing in this weird way because it's caused us caused me for sure to ask the question are we doing church right I hope you'll just indulge me for a little while this morning uh, we got to ask this question um, are we doing church the way that Jesus would want us to would Jesus, if Jesus showed up uh, today in Louisville, Boulder, this whole area, and he looked at a scent, would he say, that's exactly what I had in mind. That's, that is what I dreamt of when I sent those first followers, those first disciples, and I said, start the church. A scent is exactly what I dreamt of. Is, would, is that what Jesus would say as he looks at us? I can't, I'm haunted by this question right now. Because I think he would look at us and I think he'd say, yeah, you guys are doing amazing. You're doing amazing on the way you are serving the community. I, I, I just got to say, you guys, I think there's something supernatural for sure. The spirit about how God is using Ascent. There's no doubt about it. It's a, it is amazing. Um, I, think, I think God is using, I think Jesus would say, you are introducing new people to me in amazing ways. I think Jesus would say that. Or, or people have been gone from the church for a long time and, and come home to see Jesus clearly. I think... I think Ascent is doing that really well. I think we're building community really well. It's hard right now. I think that's a big, great thing about Ascent. And then I think Jesus would look at us and I think he'd have these great loving eyes and I think he'd look at me and he'd say, um, and it's time to grow up. 
And Jim, it's time, it's time for you to grow up. I think guys, what I'm being convicted by right now, what I want to work with you on and talk through this morning is it, it's time for us in some ways as a church, I'm convinced to grow up. Um, let, let me tell you what I mean. Um, I got two kids, you don't know me. Um, Karen and I have two boys, they're both in high school. Josh, my oldest, is going to graduate next spring, in, in spring of 2021, and God willing, he'll go to college uh, next fall. Next year is going to stink, okay? It, it is <laughs> just, the idea of losing Josh out of our house is miserable to us. I, I predict tears and pain and this is not going to be fun, at least for the parents. Josh might be like, freedom, you know, like he might love it. It's not going to be that way for us. But here's the thing. As I think about how tough that's going to be, the thing that I think would be worse, there's only one thing I can think of that would be worse than having Josh go, and that is if he stayed. Like I'm trying to imagine him, imagine if he stayed and at age 35, he's still sitting on the couch playing like season 300 of Fortnite, you know, not taking out the trash or doing the dishes, but he stays. You would say there is something wrong with that. We would all say that. But, but as I look at it right now and I think about Josh, um, we have not been great parents all the time. We have done dumb things. Uh, he's going to need help, right, because of us to get over that. But here's what I would say about Josh. I think he's ready. I think he is ready to go. I think he's ready to go out there and, and I think he's gonna be an incredible adult. I think he's ready. And, and with all the dumb things we've done as parents, one thing that I think we have done well is we've, we have focused on trying how do we love and how do we prepare? How do we love, love, love him? We've loved him like crazy. And we have tried to prepare him for what's next. Guys, as I think about the church and our church, I think we have done a great job of loving. We love the community. We love you. Have we prepared you? Has that been our focus? Has that been our dream? Has that been our call? Have, have, have we felt like, you know what? Um, our most important thing is not that they would just stay and listen to me, Bill, whoever, teach every week. Have we prepared you for a life ahead where you're going to serve Jesus as a Christian adult in the world? Has that been our focus? I don't think so. I just confess. I, I think we have failed in some ways with that. Um, I, I want to tell you guys um, a little secret uh, that is... Um, you might be appalled at a little bit. If you get a bunch of pastors in the room, um, or on Zoom these days, if you get a, 10 pastors in the room, before the conversation is over, you're gonna know which pastor has the biggest church. Uh, you're gonna know which pastor maybe has the biggest budget. Uh, and it's because pastors brag, uh, humbly brag. I have to think about that's possible or not. Um, but they brag, they have egos. We, we like to feel like we're winning. We like to feel like we're successful. And we measure success, usually we measure success based on how many people not go, how many people stay. So, so as parents, we know our job is to send them out and prepare them and, and see them make a difference in the world. As pastors, we're very content often 
if people will just stay, and, and frankly, if I'm just being super honest, pay into the system. That, did I say that? that that's, that's often what pastors strive toward because our egos move us that way or the machine moves us that way. And no pastor goes into it because of that. No decent pastor of any kind starts pastoring because of that. But there's this insidious pull toward it that drags us toward how do we create an event where people want to stay. And the numbers on the screen grow, the numbers in the room grow, the numbers on the bottom line grow. And guys, I wish I could sit here and look at you and say, but thank God you go to Ascent where your pastors never struggle with that. I can't say that. I like to feel successful by the world standards just like anybody else. And here's the problem. If that's our goal, if our goal is to make you stay and our goal isn't to prepare you, like in Ephesians 4, very clear what the church is supposed to do. It is to equip God's people for service in the kingdom. That's the goal of the church. Anybody who's a parent knows that if you're going to equip someone, there's going to be pain. There's going to be discomfort. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be challenge. But if we're convinced that we want them to stay, we're going to make it comfortable. But the goal isn't comfort. The goal is how do we have people grow up into their faith so that they are able to go out and actually change the world. Guys, it is so easy to make church a Sunday event, right? And now that we can't gather, it, it, it causes you to question, what is this all about? It's so easy to make it a Sunday event and not a movement. And Jesus was calling for something totally different than what I often have unwittingly and, and foolishly created. Jesus' last words to his disciple are, go, not stay, go, go and make disciples, make followers of all nations, all races. Go, baptizing them. The sign of change of a person, a life turned around. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit. Not just that they've changed morally, but they have actually bought in to that mission of God. Father, Son, Spirit. And then in verse 20, this Matthew 28, verse 20, he says, and then teach those new disciples to obey everything I've commanded you. I want you to read that week, the, that this week and actually think about those words. Did Jesus just say that, it, it, but it's not possible? Because I sometimes read that and go, oh, that's impossible. Would he have said that if it wasn't possible? That's a call to being a Christian adult, to, to going, to not just staying, to going. That's the call. And then he says, and I'm going to be with you always to the end of the age. You're not on your own. I'm going to do this with you. He's calling us to something greater than we are. He, he, that's so, um, as, as tough as it is and convicting as it is for me, and I feel vulnerable with what I've said here, it, I, I feel like that's the call. That's, that's where ascent, that's where we need to go. That's where I have to go as a pastor. Anyway, no doubt. He's called us to something that is a movement. And I want you to watch this for a moment and see. God has the church on a mission. Mission. I want you to think about that word for the next few moments. It's so important, and it's important for today's illustration, actually. Since I'm a part of Jim's sermon, I guess I got to use the flip chart, right? Well, listen, as I think about mission, and as I think about the mission that God has the church on, it's made up of three parts. At its simplest form, you can probably add a few more if you want, but at its simplest form, it's made up of three parts. 
And those three parts I actually want you to think of as ingredients. Because if just one of them is taken out, if just one of them is missed, then our church, our world, humanity is in deep trouble. So the mission that I'm speaking of, I want you to have this idea of this sideways triangle, obviously. But firstly, this, I, this word up. Up speaks to this connection that we have with God. Anyone and anything being connected with God, our creator. Up speaks to how we relate to our vertical. It's the language that we like to use, right? And sometimes we'll see it in scripture where it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. This is our vertical. And churches, if I can say, always get this right. They always love, I mean, I might be doing an overstatement, but they put a huge focus on the vertical, loving God. And it's important, rightfully so. But it doesn't stop there. There's a second part, and this speaks to the in. And in is something that is talking about how we relate to one another. A part of that same scripture, it says, don't only love the Lord your God with all your heart, but love your neighbor as yourself. You've probably heard that before. Some would call it the golden rule. Well, it's straight from Jesus. And as we as a church are on mission, I got to say, most of the time, we also get this right. Because we not only get the vertical, but we get the horizontal together. And a lot of times we'll get that right. We use things like community and core groups, and rightfully so. Because this is an ingredient, a part of God's mission. But I got to say, many times churches stop right there. And they leave out this last one. This last one is actually out. Not only up, not only in, but out. Out is talking about the outward focus, talking about being mission-minded. It's actually the importance of sharing our faith. It's speaking to those that may not be like us. It's speaking and sharing our faith and talking about the goodness of God and not just caring about me as an individual, but how am I thinking about others? How am I doing all that I can to make God's will be evident and expressed in the earth? On earth as it is in heaven. That's what this speaks to. But if we're honest, so many times churches stop right there. And ascent does not always get it right. I'm going to be very honest with you. We're very transparent people, and we don't always get it right. But what I love is that it burdens us, that we will fight to the death of us to make sure that every single three, all three of these, is all in action at our church. And that's the burden that I think that you may be hearing in Jim's voice, and honestly, all of our voices. Because we have to be a church that is focused on all three. Because these two, where a lot of churches get stuck, it's not a church, it's actually a club. It's actually a cruise ship and not a battleship. See, one is focused on a mission and a mission-minded, and one moves as a collective. One operates under a purpose, and the other, well, you may think a cruise ship is purposeful, but it speaks to just the individual. And we as a church, this movement, this direction that we're calling ourselves to and that God is actually calling us to, we will move and operate under all three because we firmly believe 
that Sunday is so important, but it doesn't stop there. And it's bigger than just an event on a Sunday morning. Guys, what Mo is describing is a movement, not a Sunday event. We gotta ask ourselves, has church become a Sunday event and not a movement? Jesus is calling his followers into a movement. Here, here's what I mean. Um, here, here's ways to think, is this a movement or an event for me? Guys, if, if, if your life with Jesus is a movement, there's a vision. The, the church has a goal. The church is going somewhere. The church believes that there can be an incredible future and we're moving that way, right? We see the vision of the future. An event is just kind of living week to week. Uh, a movement says everybody's important. A movement says we gotta have everybody in. Nobody's gifts can get left out. Nobody can sit on the sideline. The stakes are too high. The opposition is too strong. We gotta have everybody in a movement. An event gets put on by a few people every week while the others attend. If you're thinking about attending, if you're thinking, if you're an event mindset, right now your biggest thing is how do we get back to gathering together on Sundays? And I'm not saying that it's not important. Jesus does command us. One of the things Jesus commands is get, you gotta meet. You know, don't give up the habit of meeting together. I'm not saying that's not important. It's really important. But is that our number one thing right now? How do we get 100 people in a room with masks on six feet apart? Is that, that's an event mentality. A movement mentality says the world's different than it's ever been before and there may be opportunities we've never had before to share who Jesus is. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that means we should be starting a home church. Maybe that means you should be um, starting a Bible study in your neighborhood. Maybe that means during this time, we should be deeply reflecting about what's going on in our country right now with race. And for those of us who are white going, how have I contributed to the problem and what am I gonna do to change it? Right? How do we show the world that the church cares about this? How, how, do we, how do we share who Jesus is in ways that we've never been able to share before? That's movement thinking, not event thinking. Here's the biggest thing. A, an event thinker or a movement thinker, a movement thinker will sacrifice. A, a movement thinker will say, you know what? Um, this is worth it. I, I know this is gonna be hard. Um, sharing who Jesus is in the world, not just me getting fed and, and, and growing up and, and being a Christian adult, but actually being able to help others become so, that's going to take sacrifice. Guys, the church um, through the centuries has been willing to give their life away for this. That's sacrifice. An event-minded person will leave the first thing sometimes they don't like, the first time they don't sing the songs they don't like, the first time the pastor says something that makes them mad. That's event thinking. Has Jesus called us into a movement? I gotta ask a question. Has church for you become a move, an event? Or is it a movement? And here's a tough question. Pastor Jim, is church, have you created a culture that is more about an event than it is about a movement? Whew. We got to struggle with this one. Um, this, this hit home for me a few years ago. Um, I was help, helping pastor a church out in California and I was having lunch with a guy who'd been at the church for like 30 years, something like that. And he um, said to me, I'm, I'm leaving Menlo. And, and that was the church I was at, Menlo. He goes, I'm leaving Menlo. And I was like, you kidding me, why? And he looked at me and he said, I'm just not being fed. And, and what an interesting comment. 
um, he's not being fed. We've actually heard that at our church too. Sometimes from people who've been around church their whole lives. Maybe you've even said that before yourself too. I want to think about that comment for a second. If you're new to the faith, if you've been coming to Ascent not long and you're new to Jesus, to say that actually makes sense. Hey, that's a perfectly normal thing to say. Like, you need to be fed. You, you're learning. You're growing. You need other people to really help you. If you have been in the church for 30 years and you're complaining that no one's feeding you, there is something wrong. And I'm not even just blaming that guy or blaming whoever for that. I'm blaming myself. I'm blaming the church. I'm blaming the system. People who have been around the church for 30 or 40 years should know how to go to the spiritual refrigerator, open it up and make a sandwich for themselves. It, that's baby talk, right? When we, when we have to have someone feed us instead of having the kind of a relationship. And that phrase is so common and it tells you guys there's something wrong with the system. And guys, I, I'm just telling you, I, I'm a 46 year old guy, um, been in ministry for 23 years. I do not want the next 23 years to be like the last 23 years. I want to look back at the time that I was here and say, you know what? We help people move into Christian adulthood. The church should be the place where you go, wow, look at how your life's changed. Um, you go back to that college example for a second. Man, I'll tell you what, I'm about to fork out like 10 gazillion dollars or whatever it is to send Josh off to college. Uh, and it's gonna go up 3% every year. I just can't wait to spend all that money. But I'll tell you what, if Josh at the end of those four years isn't ready for the world, isn't prepared to get a job, I'm gonna look at that college and say, what was I thinking? What's the matter with that system? Man, shouldn't we say the same thing about the church? Oh man, you've been to Ascent for, you've been to Ascent for four years? There's no way you could go to Ascent for four years and not be a different person. What, what if the community thought that? Shouldn't it, shouldn't it be true that if you're around this, this area where God is supernaturally working and we have the right focus on that great commission in Matthew 28, shouldn't it be that no one can help but go there and be changed? It's just like impossible. Can we say that? Can we say that about any church that you've been a part of? I'm hungry for that. I'm hungry to be the kind of church that doesn't just stay, that goes, that doesn't just stay in one spot with its little view of the world. I'm hungry to be a part of the church that realizes just on the other side of thing, there is a whole world out there. And that whole world is begging right now that followers of Jesus will grow into maturity and love and love, and that means as a church, we gotta love and prepare. One of the things Jesus said that I love too about the church is he said, you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. It sounds a little arrogant, right, when you say it, we're the light of the world, but being the light of the world is tough. It, it means challenge, it means growth, and it means that it's focused there, not just here. And I want you to sing this song with us.
Jim is going to wrap things up in a second, but I hope what you continue to hear today and what continues to echo for you is that the church is a movement. And one of the ways that we've been moving as a church is through our generosity, and we just want to say thank you so much for the ways that you continue to give. But all the more in this season, as a community of people who are on the move, we want to lean in and learn. And one of the ways that we're doing that as a church is tonight, June 28th at 6.30 p.m., we're going to meet in the Ascent parking lot to have a discussion around the documentary The 13th. So sign up online, make sure you watch it beforehand, and meet us in the parking lot. All right, now back to Jim. Guys, thank you so much for getting away and just kind of processing with me a little bit. You know, this is normally the time where we'd say, okay, here's your next step. Uh, I gotta be honest, I'm not sure what the next step is. I don't know what it is for you, for me, for our church. Um, here's what I wanna do, I wanna ask you to pray because um, the next step I suggest may not be the next step that God suggests for you. And so I want you to pray, and I want you to pray and think about, is there something that you heard that didn't sit right? Is there something that you heard that stirred you to action? I want you to ask God about that. And if God is moving in you, listen to it and let's move together. And so I want to pray for us. God, we just pray uh, that you would speak to us about who you want us to be, both the church and as individuals. We love you, Lord. We so desperately uh, want to follow you where you're leading to go. In Jesus' name.
The church is not an event. The church is a movement. Can I get an amen right now? Well, we hope today that you feel both encouraged and challenged to live that out. And before you go, I wanna pray for us one more time. God, we thank you for today. We pray that you would help us to grow in love, to grow in maturity, and to grow a deeper desire for you. Holy Spirit, would you show us what our next steps are? Would you show us how you want us to move? Help us to live a transformed life and be a light in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next week.